How y'all doing? I dressed very colorfully today for the reason that I'm going to give you a prophecy update. And the first half of the prophecy update, I didn't want to stand here. I, like, I, I dress, I dress in, in black a lot. And uh, I didn't want the, the visitors to think I was the angel of death here. But it's not that bad. It's not that bad. But the first part of the message is somewhat disturbing. And unless you have your head in the sand, you probably know about all these things. And then the second part of the message will be very encouraging. This is a prophecy update. I, I, I do these a few times a year. If you come on Wednesday nights, you know that we, we do a lot more prophecy teaching. You realize that, that Bible prophecy uh, consists of one quarter of the entire Bible. There are 31,102 verses in the Bible. There are 8,000 verses, okay, actually over 8,000 verses that deal with prophecy. Uh, some of them have been fulfilled, as, such as Jesus' first coming. You have 400 prophecies that have been fulfilled that were written some 1,500 years, 1,000 years, 500 years before Jesus ever came. So um, essentially, there are still a whole lot of them that have not been fulfilled. And we are living in a time where we are seeing these prophecies fulfilled right before our eyes. All you have to do is watch the nightly news. All you have to do is talk to your friends. It's all around us. So I want you to stand with me for the reading of the word. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 24, 1 through 3. The word of God here says, Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone will be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? So two questions. But he's, he's standing there before the temple, and he says, these, this temple is going to be totally leveled. So he answers when that happens. And then the second question, what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And then he answers that question. So we're going to primarily look at the second question this morning because the first question has been fulfilled. So let's just pray. Father, open up our hearts and minds, Lord God. Your word, Lord God, is wonderful. It is powerful. Lord God, it pierces to the very heart. And Lord God, I pray today that, Lord God, we'd sit at your feet, we'd open our ears, we'd look into your face, and we'd hear your words speaking to our lives. This could be a great day, Lord God, from the youngest person to the oldest. It could be a life-transforming moment here for them today where, Lord God, they will carry what happens to them throughout their life and throughout eternity. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, again, here's a picture. This is what the temple would have looked like. There is no temple there right now on the Temple Mount. That is a model. It's an incredible model, and uh, it's a miniature model. Uh, that spans out about an acre that shows what the city of Jerusalem looked like in the days of Jesus, and that's what the temple would have looked like. That temple, Jesus predicted, probably about 32 AD, that that temple would be destroyed and not one stone would be left upon another. Okay, you have about 40 years later, Titus and the Roman legions, uh, they invade Israel and they destroy the temple. Titus did not want the temple burned down because the temple was covered with gold. When they set the temple on fire, he was very angry with his generals. But what happened, the gold melted, and basically it seeped between the stones. So to extract the gold, what the Romans did, they leveled every stone. Every stone, just as Jesus said, exactly the way he said it, 
was torn to the ground. So when we go to Israel, I've done seven trips to Israel, maybe we'll do a trip next year. Those are the stones. Now, you may be looking at the wall above the stones. That's a retaining wall, okay? That was the, that, that wall, actually, that's a, a fairly recent wall that has been built, but the purpose of that wall is to keep, okay, the very dirt, okay, from coming down. So that was not the temple. The temple and those stones are right there, and they're basically throughout the area of the Temple Mount. Some of them have been hauled away, and they've been used to build buildings, but Lenny, I think you'll remember, Ritter, you'll remember, we were just walking. We were walking amongst that a couple of years ago right in Israel. So, again, Jesus said, not one stone will be left upon another. Bible prophecy, it's 100%, okay, when a prophecy is fulfilled, it's 100% fulfilled. Not, not 20%, not 50%. I've been a student of Bible prophecy for 40 years. I'll tell you this, when God says he is going to do something and he does it, he does it exactly the way he says it. This, this, isn't, this isn't some conjurer of spells, somebody practicing witchcraft. It's not Nostradamus, okay? They make these, these vague predictions. They're very clear predictions. In Matthew, again, 24.3, the second part, okay, it says here, what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And then Jesus answers that question. Now, I want you to notice, he talks about what are called birth pains, okay? In Matthew chapter 24, verse 4 through 8, these are things that are going to lead up to his return. So he, he says this, and Jesus answered and said to them, I'm sorry about it getting cut off. Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many, and you will hear wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, earthquakes, in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. The word there for sorrows is birth pains. When a woman is... Going through labor, okay, what you have is you have what are called birth pains, and there are two aspects to the birth pains. One is duration, okay, they last longer and longer. As time goes on, right, they start off, maybe it was just a few seconds, then it's a few minutes, then it's many minutes, until it's just one continue. Right, ladies? I don't know what you complain about with all this stuff. You just make a big deal about, no, I'm kidding. And then, and then what happens is they intensify, right? So not only are they lasting a long time, they're becoming more and more intense. That's the, the picture of birth pains. So these things that Jesus was saying would be happening would be, again, the beginning of birth pains. Now, I, I want to show you, I'll give you here a little chart. The Bible describes what is called uh, uh, the tribulation, okay? It's the seven-year tribulation. You can read about it in Revelation chapter 6 through 19, you don't want to be here for it. I'll just say this. Half of the Earth's population is wiped out during these seven years. That's what the prediction says. I believe that's literal. It'll be a time of, of unprecedented um, horror. Jesus said that if he didn't come back and put an end to it, that there would be no life left on Earth. You say, well, how can, how can that be? Well, do you, do you know that there are enough nuclear weapons chemical weapons and biological weapons to kill every person on earth and every living thing on earth 32 times over. So that's, that's what happens during that time. Now you'll notice here, birth pains, 
This is what is called the rapture of the church. I'll get into that with you if you don't understand that. But I think that we are right in this area right now. The rapture happens and then you go into the seven-year tribulation. Birth pains continue through the first half of the tribulation. You can read about that in Revelation chapter 6. So let's, let's just look, let's look and take a look at what Jesus was saying about birth pains. So the first birth pain that he mentions is deception. In verses 4 and 5 of Matthew 24, And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I'm the Christ, and will deceive many. Notice verse 4, Take heed that no one will deceive you. We live in a moment of incredible deception. It's, it's just outside, outside of the false Christ. We live in a time, I mean, he's saying be careful because we are living in a time of massive deception, global deception, national deception, political deception. There, there is pseudoscientific deception. There is deception in the educational institutions, in your kids, grammar schools, children in third and fourth grade are being taught you need to discover whether you're female or male or something else. It's just, it's just total crazy deception that is in our... Now, I, I don't know, again, deception has always been here. Is it because of the internet, mass media, that it's just, again, it's so influential and spreading like wildfire? And there is deception in the churches, there are, there are false teachers, false prophets, false believers, fakes. Even, even, you know, sometimes people sitting right next to you in church could be, could be a, a false Christian, right? Jesus said the tares will grow right next to the wheat. How do you know who's a true Christian and who's a false Christian? We say, well, by their confession. No, by their confession. Not by their confession. You will know who the true believers are and the false believers are by their lifestyle, and ultimately, it's the ones who finish the race who prove themselves to be true believers. Now, Jesus said that, that three-quarters of them would fall away. But there, there is, again, deception. Then he says in verse 5, And many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ. Right? Wolves in sheep's clothing. And there, there is a literal plethora of, of false Christs in our, in our world at this time. Look, at th these, are, these are four who are... <laughs> Walking the earth, that's the, the, the guy on the left, that's the Russian Jesus. Then you have the Filipino Jesus, the Australian Jesus, and then the Brazilian. They all claim to be Jesus Christ, and they have followings. The, guy, the Russian guy has a following of like 30,000 people. Uh, never surprised. Wait, the, the Puerto Rican D Jesus, Miranda, he died. He died. His wife now. She's kind of taken his, you know, on the roll. But you had a Puerto Rican Jesus. Helping down the East Coast. He had a huge following too. at 20,000 followers. How many of you remember David Koresh? Claimed to be Jesus. Jim Jones. Young Sung Moon claimed to be Jesus. These other guys. Here's a, here's a new one. You have the AI Jesus. Do you know there are churches that now people are going to in Europe where the AI Jesus is preaching and teaching? Supposedly the scriptures? You have, you have a number of Jewish messiahs. Right, people claiming that the Jewish Messiah is here. This is um, an Israeli rabbi who says that he's already holding meetings with the Messiah. 
You, you had uh, the Lepavichus. This was um, the, the Moshiach who claimed that he was Jesus. Some of them are still waiting him to, for him to be raised from the dead. You have, you have the woke Jesus that has infiltrated Bible-believing churches. The ultimate false Jesus will be the Antichrist. And, and if you understand Antichrist, people think anti, one against Jesus. No, Antichrist, what it means is one who will come in place of Jesus. And you look at the world right now, the Muslims are waiting for their Messiah, the Jews are waiting for their Messiah, the Christians are waiting for their Messiah, and there are a whole lot of people who are not religious at all who are waiting for someone to come and solve all the earth's problems. He will be charismatic, he will be handsome, uh, he will be supernaturally empowered by the devil. He will be an incredible influencer. He will come promising peace. He will come promising fulfillment. And people will give them their allegiance. The Jews, the Muslims, false Christians will give their allegiance to the Antichrist. How do you know the difference between what's true and what's not? How do you know the difference between a, a, a true prophet? How do you know the difference? Some of you are visiting us here today. How do you know if what I'm saying to you, if I'm a false prophet? I'll give you, I want to give you a, a great... I studied comparative religions and apologetics for a lot of years. And so I studied the cults. I studied the Jehovah Witnesses. I studied the Mormons. I studied Christian science. I studied, studied unity. I, I studied... And that takes a lot of time. And a lot of people just, you know, hey, it's hard enough just to be studying the Bible than to be studying all these other things. But I want to give you, I'll give you one way without having to spend years, okay, studying the cults and false religion. There was a guy who worked at the Mint years ago. And all day long, he would basically, the, the, the machine would just feed him dollar bills, $5 bills, $10 bills, $20 bills, just feed, and he would feed them and feed And every once in a while, what they do is they would, put a bunch of counterfeits that come through, and he immediately would touch it and knew it was a counterfeit. And they, they asked him, how can you tell what is uh, an authentic, and how can you tell which one is counterfeit? He says, when you know the authentic, you immediately know the counterfeit. And you understand that? What do we say here all the time? You need to study the word. You need to be a Berean. You need to test everything that is being taught to you, right, from this pulpit and everywhere else. That when you know the word of God and you know the true Jesus, you're going to know the fake immediately when he comes along. Well, one time I was serving in uh, my first church, Maranatha Church in Paramus. I'm out there. We're cutting the grass. Pete Demarest and I, he was, a, he was one of the leaders in the church. And this guy comes along. And he starts preaching the word to us. And, you know, we're listening to him. And then he's giving us, he prints these, these pretty elaborate newspapers about, you know, things going on in the world. And, and as he's talking to us, all of a sudden, we realize he was claiming that he was Jesus. And, of course, we, 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 we both knew believers, but we knew enough of the word to know that he wasn't Jesus. <laughs> he was a nut who fall out, fell out of the tree. But he was deceiving a whole lot of people. So the first, the first key thing here, right? One of the birth pains would be deception. Second, wars and rumors of wars. Verse 6. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that uh, you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. We come out of the 20th century, which is the most war-filled century 
More people were killed in wars in the 20th century than they believed the 10 centuries before. World War II resulted in 75 million deaths. World War I resulted in 21 million deaths. This, this is a list of just major wars that occurred in the previous century, the most bloody century in history. So we, we come into uh, the 21st century. Right now in the world, there are over 32 wars going on at this moment. 32. So wars. And then Jesus said, rumors of wars. Have you heard any rumors of wars? Think about some of the rumors of wars that, that maybe you, you know, you've heard of. What, about, what about China invading Taiwan? Why does China, that big, huge, massive, powerful country, want to invade Taiwan? Does anybody know why? What the main reason is? Taiwan produces 65% of all the semiconductors in the world. You know what semiconductors do? They make the world go round. That's you know what's the sem that that's a semiconductor. That makes your iPhone work. No semiconductors. Remember there was a semiconductor shortage, and all the cars that were being manufactured by the car companies were sitting right in parking lots in Tennessee, uh, in Bayonne, all over the United States, California, because they didn't have semiconductors to put them into the cars so the cars would run. Your iPhone, your computer, your car, your TV. Uh, it is the semiconductors that bring electricity to your house, gasoline or gas to your house, and it makes your little technical watch work, as well as all these other things. China wants, China, if they, they get Taiwan, let me tell you something, they gain a major control over the world. Rumors of wars. Hear about the, 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 the coming invasion of Taiwan. And the United States, right, has all their battleships right there in the straits between China and Taiwan. You know what that is? That's World War III. You should be praying about that. Because if you think, if you think World War III happens and it's not going to come here, you're mistaken. Be praying about that. You have rumors, of, uh, rumors again of wars of North Korea, South Korea. You have, you have rumors of wars of nuclear war, right, between us and the U.S., uh, us and Russia. And you look, you look again at, at the threats that go back and forth between Biden and, um, right, Putin. Crazy stuff. Number three, commotions. Luke chapter 21, verse 9. I'm going to read to you from Luke here. Again, same context, talking about birth pains. But when you hear of wars and commotions, do not be terrified. The word there for commotions is akaastasia, and it talks about social unrest. Have you seen any social unrest lately? Were any of you in the city on Friday? Anybody there? Did you see what happened? Well, you start, you start looking, you look at the riots, the, the riots that were going on in 2019, 2020 in the United States. <clears throat> you've, got, you've got, you know, this, this crazy riot that happened in uh, Union Square, right? Crazy stuff. Kids. Most of them, these were like junior high kids and, and high school kids, right? And, and they were attacking the police. 
throwing bottles at them. I think there were a number of police who were seriously injured. You know, if I did that when I was a kid, you know what my father would have done? He would have embedded his boot deeply <laughs> up my behind. I want to know, where were the parents? Do you know where your kids are? You know, my son, great kid, great man. Uh, I had problems with him three times. How would I have a kid? You only, and, and I'll tell you, they're minor problems. But when he, when he went from, he went from a Christian school to the public school, he was having some difficulty with some of the kids, and I forget what they called it, some kind of messaging that was very popular then, and he had basically been going back and forth, messaging people, and they were attacking him, and he was attacking them back, and he, he sent out a really mean message to this girl, and when I found out about it, I brought him to her house, and I stood there with him and her mother, and he apologized for using foul language and saying what he said. But you said, where are the parents? This is like, these, like, like, I'm looking at these pictures of these kids and these videos. They're just, they're, they're totally out of control. That's what Jesus was talking about. You have these commotions and they're all over the world. They're, they're in every state. They, they, this, these were the riots just a couple, of, a couple of months ago in Georgia, in the United States, Georgia. You, you have riots happening in countries right all over the world. The riots at the Capitol. Look, look at this. this is, I found this interesting. This is data that was taken, uh, the global database of events, uh, language and tone. It's called GDELT. They track international news reports and uh, basically locations of violence, uh, changes in, in the culture, riots. This was 1983. This was 2012. Now, they, they, they didn't continue with it, but this is another study, and this was 2019 and 2020. Commotions. Commotion. And, and, and you don't have to go far to find them. Number four, ethnicos. In Matthew chapter 24, 7, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. It talks about revolutions. It talks about people of the same ethnicity basically attacking each other and killing each other. This was uh, political violence. This, again, speaks of ethnicos uh, in 2022. But you can see this. I mean, Mexico, Venezuela, Brazil, Ukraine, Yemen, Miami, uh, Israel, Syria, Korea, India, Northern Africa, and you see this in, in, internal political violence that you know that is going on again, happening. Number four, famines. Matthew twenty-four verse seven, Jesus mentions famines. Right, right now in the world, you have six hundred and fifty million people who are going hungry. It's primarily from fourteen countries. Most of those countries are in Africa. I want to say something to you. I'm not, you know this about me. They, every time the left disagrees with someone, you know, they call them a racist. It's just, it's like, uh, you know, it's just. I believe, though, there is racism. The United States of America, I wonder, I wonder if the Ukraine and the battle going on with Russia if they were black, 
if they were Asian. I wonder if we'd be sending a billion dollars over there to solve that problem. I don't think the problem's getting solved by what we do. When, when you look at, at Africa and the starvation of what's happening in these countries, the droughts, you don't hear anything about it, right? You don't hear anything about it from, from the, the, the risk right now, there are 1.4 million children in Africa on the verge of death. That's a whole lot more people who are going to die than in the Ukraine. And do you even hear anybody? You know, you know who's there? Christian missions. Outside, outside of Christian missions, maybe there's some, there's some money that goes there from the UN, but, but you, you don't see anybody concerned. And I really do believe there is a racist element to that. I really believe that. But you, you, have, you have people in certain parts of the world, they're, they're starving. A lot of people. Okay, the next, pestilence, number five. So in verse 7, Jesus mentions pestilences, right? Pestilences, diseases. Right? We, just, we just come off of the greatest global pandemic in history, COVID. Seven million people died. We don't even know if that's, if that's an accurate number. Okay, it may be overblown, maybe underblown, whatever. But a whole lot, look, we had people that we love and people that we know who died. We had people that, you know, everybody right, got infected. It didn't cause the most deaths as far as plagues in history. The Black Plague, which uh, infected most people in Europe and in Northern Africa, the estimates are between like 75 and 150 million people. Again, they, they weren't able to count them all. But no pandemic in the history of mankind, again, that was isolated because people weren't flying all over the world. You know, with people traveling by plane, COVID spread throughout the world, right, like that. Remember that, remember December? We heard about some people getting sick in, in Chinatown in New York. And then in, in February, we were all getting sick. And we're wondering, we're wondering what's going on. And then bang, right, it just spread. It spread right across the, uh, the country and across the world. Then you have all these, like these, these, new, these new pestilences, new diseases, Monkeypox, right? You ever see somebody with monkeypox? They go to the food stores and they consume large amounts of bananas. That's a joke. <laughs> monkeypox is, is primarily, you know what it's primarily affecting? Homosexual male community. And then, and then you have the Marburg virus. You have e Ebola, right? Here, here's one. This is, this is again, pestilences. STD, sexually transmitted diseases. Hey, kids, listen up to me. Kids, listen, listen up to me right now, if you're a kid. Sexually transmitted diseases. One in five Americans have an STI. Just a, one in five has a, a, a sexually transmitted disease in the United States. Now, if I was a kid... Because I'm, I'm a germaphobe. 
say, oh, well, you know, if you get an STD, well, you, you know, you can just take uh, penicillin and well, maybe that's right with, you know, syphilis and gonorrhea. There's a whole lot of STDs. Let me start studying STDs and you get into bioscience of it. These people are getting STDs. They never go away. They get embedded in your cells. You pass them on to your spouse and possibly to your children. So if there, if there is an argument about what God laid out by, hey, Sexual relations with the person you're married to, that is a really good advice. Because I wouldn't want to be out there today, man, with getting one of these things, or many of these things. But Jesus said again, that would be something that is happening, intensifying birth pains. Number six, natural disasters. Verse seven, earthquakes in various places. The word there is seismos, it it is used not only for earthquakes, but essentially natural disasters, cataclysmic events, tornadoes, hurricanes, cyclones, tsunami, floods, uh, snowstorms, fires, volcanoes. This is, this is a chart showing from 1980 to 2019. Look at the increase in natural disasters across the globe. I mean, if you start looking at the charts of earthquakes and tsunamis, everything, it goes, it goes from bottom left to upper right. So right now you look at the world, I mean, things that, things that are happening, you have global droughts. Ever, there, there are people saying there are going to be water wars that are going to be happening in the world because of these global droughts. You, you have earthquakes in various places. Has anybody experienced wildfires? Did you smell the air this morning? It's coming down again from Canada. Wildfire increase, again, look at this chart here from left to right. And again, wildfires due to climate change, wildfires, what it would have been like without climate change, what they're saying right here, from left to right, the increase of wildfires. Increases in tornadoes, increases in hurricanes, increases in tsunamis, increases in volcanic eruptions. This, this is a chart, this is volcanic um, eruptions. Look, look at just this. Again, these natural disasters that just flow up, right up, from left to right. So I want to ask, I want to ask you a question here. Is it global warming? Because the, the globe is warming. Or is it God's warning? So whoever, however it's been caused, if it's been caused by CO2 because of our cars and you know, us burning coal, Jesus predicted this would be happening in the last days. One more. Signs in the sky. In verse uh, 11, fearful sights and great signs from heaven. The word there for heaven is Uranus. It talks about the sky. It's not talking about the third heaven where God dwells. It's talking about the atmosphere around the earth, right? Following the news, you see things that are happening, right? All of a sudden, pilots, air traffic controllers, right? Astronauts are saying that they're, hey, they're seeing these things flying around the earth. And just, just two weeks ago, right, in Congress, you had pilots testifying before Congress of all of these strange things that are happening. I've covered a lot of these things in detail here. On, on, by the way, I want you to understand this. I don't believe in little green men. I don't believe in little ETs. I don't. I'll give you the science why I don't believe in it. I don't believe there's life on other planets. I don't. And I can give you, I'll give you the science why I believe that. 
But I do believe in extra dimensionals, not extraterrestrials, extra dimensionals. The angelic and demonic realm. There are things happening in our atmosphere. These, these things that appear, they are able to violate the laws of physics. That's why the, the, these pilots can't keep up with it. They appear on the air traffic controller's radar screen here and then suddenly disappear and 80 miles away in a split second they appear. And now you have these, these air traffic controllers and pilots coming out and talk. think about that. If you're a pilot and you come out and talk, like these guys, they were really courageous because nobody's going to ever hire them again. You come out and you start talking about this stuff, everybody thinks you're, thinks you're crazy. Another phenomenon, boy, I could talk about phenomena for the next, for the next three weeks, but another phenomenon happened, we've talked about this on, um, on Wednesdays. You hear about trumpets in the sky? All over the earth, there are people recording these trumpets that are going off. This is a guy who actually has been tracing it. And um, these are, these are, this is his, all the different trumpet sounds. And you can go online, go on YouTube. Just be careful because there are a lot of fakery on YouTube. But go on YouTube, you can see some really authentic videos of these trumpets going off. People say, well, is it the last trumpet of God? I don't know. I don't know if it's, it's something coming from the spiritual realm. I don't know if it's something coming from the natural realm. But it's just another sign that has people like just looking up and being puzzled. And some people being frightened. All right. So that's birth pains. When, when I have covered signs of the times, we go into like 30 or 40 of them. Those are just the birth pains. I'm not going into all the others today. Okay, you can go on, online, you can pull up those messages. You can pull up some great messages right from Luke 21 just a few months ago. So in light of living in the midst of birth pains, what should we do? How should we live? Right now, there are a whole lot of people who are very worried and fearful about the future. This is especially affecting kids living, living with fear and living without hope. So I want to give you, I want to give you a few things here in, in, in wrapping up. The first one, be ready. Jesus, Jesus concluded Matthew chapter 24. He said, watch. Watch. Be alert with what's going on. Don't put your head in the sand. Get, your, get your, your eyes off of your iPhone. Get an understanding of what's happening. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour the Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Right? If you know a thief is coming to your house, if somebody told me the thief was coming to my house tonight at 4 o'clock, I'm going to be ready for him. I'm going to be ready for him. Right? But you don't know when the thief is coming. So he says, therefore you also be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. Right? What did Jesus say? He is going to come and he is going to take his true church, true believers, out of this world before all hell breaks loose. 
Again, the birth pains, these, this is, I think we are probably in the first or second inning of birth pains right now. What happens when it gets up to the ninth inning? You don't want to be here. There's, there, hey, a couple of movies that are worth watching, and I'm not a big, I'm not a big movie guy, but the Left Behind series, if you, it, they've even been making some new ones with uh, Nicolas Cage and uh, Kevin Sorbo, uh, but I would watch it because it gives you a picture of what happens when the Lord comes and a whole lot of people are left behind. You don't want to be left behind. You want to be ready. It's, it's a hell on earth. Second thing, look forward. Look forward. In, in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 12, it says, As you look forward to the day of God and speed, it's coming. That the idea of looking forward with expectations. And then notice, he goes on and says, that day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. So you look at that, well, what am I looking forward to? What you're looking forward to is, you ain't going to be here for the heat. That's, that's what, what, what the Lord is saying there. Right? You're looking, looking forward to being taken out of this hell on earth that is described. So in 1 John chapter 3, verse 2, it says, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. When the Lord appears, we are going to be glorified. Now, we're not going to become gods, right? But we will become like Jesus in his glorified state. We will have glorified bodies, we won't age anymore. Won't get sick anymore. No more aches and pains. No more suffering. A glorified, just like his glorified body, right? When he, when, when he appeared, he was able to actually travel through space and time. He was able to enter in to the very room that the apostles were hiding in without opening the door. He didn't knock. He just came right in. And he appeared to them. We, we will have glorified, I mean, you, you know, watch these super, you know, these, these superhero movies. Man, I'd like to have the power, right, of Captain America or Batman, those gadgets that Batman has, and Superman, right? Let me tell you something. I think there's something in us that longs for that, to have like that, that, that the supernatural power. And that's what God is going to give us. He's going he's gonna to make us, transform us, it, it, supernatural beings, glorified bodies, glorified minds. Think about your mind, right? It wanders. It's wandering right now for some of you. Well, you can't even focus for a few minutes, right? It wanders all the time. You go and read the Bible, you read the Bible, read two chapters, you don't even know what you read. Right? Our, our minds don't work the way that, that they were. But when it's glorified, we'll have minds that can be perfectly focused. And spirits. You know, we, we, we walk with Jesus, but sometimes we walk away from Jesus. Not, not even in a, in a sinful and intentional way. Right? We get caught up with things in the world, and all of a sudden we kind of forget Jesus. And then we come back to Jesus. But our spirits, we per, we'll have perfect harmony and communion with the Lord 24-7, right, through, through, throughout eternity. And so that is what it is to have, to have a glorified body, glorified mind, glorified spirit. Hey, that's something to look forward to. Like death isn't something you need to be horrified about. 
Don't hasten it. Live this life to the full. Make the most out of every day, right? That's something, that's something you should be doing. You're worth, you're worth so much. I think I, I, think I, said, this, I said this to you last week, right? If I offered you $10 million, did I say that to you last week? Oh, it's another group I was speaking to. Hey, if I offered you $10 million, I'll give you 10 million bucks. Would you take it? But there's one condition. If you take the $10 million, you don't wake up in the morning. Would you take it? Right? Just stop and think about that. Your life is worth more than $10 million. Think about that. In your own mind, your life is worth more than $10 million. How much happier, joyful would you live every day if you held on to that thought, right? Think about that. Think about that. So don't, don't hasten your death right, by doing dumb things. But live every day to the full, knowing that one day you're going to go home, you're getting a new body, a new mind, a new spirit. And how good is that? Number three, be about the Lord's business. In Luke chapter 19, 13, it says, So he called ten of his servants, delivered to them ten minas, those are, those are ten coins, and said to them, Do business till I come. The uh, King James Version translated, occupy till I come. Some people it's translated, invest until I come. Right? God, God has given you, he's given you time, inve- invested in the kingdom. <clears throat> he's given you treasures, invested in the kingdom. And he's given you talents, invested in the kingdom. But be about the Lord's business. What business is the Lord in? He's not in the religious business. Though you may not think that with all the religion that's attached to him. What is the business that he's in? What? Yeah, well, saving souls, but he's in the people business. He loves people. He loves you. He loves you. He wants wants to have a relationship with you. Wants Wants to bless you. Wants to bring you to a place of, of meaning and fullness. You see all these people living today, especially the kids, they have no meaning. They're not experiencing any fulfillment. Then what do they do? They're turning to drugs. And they turn, they turn to alcohol. And they do all this kind of destructive stuff. And they talk to kids, right? They, 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 they have no hope. They have no hope. There's, there's nothing. There's nothing that they're hoping for tomorrow. God loves you. And God has a purpose. And God has meaning for your life. And you know, when we get about his business, this is what we do. We invest in people's lives. That's what we do. We, we invest in people's lives. We, we get involved with people, right? We, we look to help them. We look to get to know them. We look to encourage them. Look, I, I, I like what I do here in the church. But I want to say something. Most of you are Christians. Most of you have given your life to the Lord. You've repented of your sins. You put your faith in Jesus Christ, right? Your names are written in the Lord's book of life. When you die, you're going to go to heaven. Most of you. Now, some of you, I don't know. But there are a whole lot of people out there 
who don't have what we have. And I, I like to penetrate. I like to penetrate in, into those, those areas where people don't know Christ. Some of you are sitting here today. You've come, you've come from places. The dojo. People you know, here today, they've, they've, come, they've come from the dojo that I train in. From other places that I train in. And I, I, I like to penetrate into those places. And not go in there and be a preacher to them. Just go in there and connect with them and build relationships with them. And people ask me, well, what do you do? I'm a preacher. You're a preacher? <laughs> You're a preacher? I got the guy in a, I got the guy in a, in a chokehold. He goes, you're a preacher? Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't accept Jesus, I'm going to choke you out. No. <laughs> hey, let me just ask you a tough question. When was the last time you shared your faith with someone? When was the last time you brought somebody to the church who wasn't a believer? Think about that. We should be penetrating. That's the Lord's business. Yeah, we're supposed to care for each other in the church, but we're supposed to be out there caring for those people who don't know him. And you gotta, you gotta, pen, you gotta penetrate. That's a, a key thing. Number four, keep your lamp filled. Do you know the story of the, uh, of the parable of the uh, virgins? Ten were wise, ten were foolish. Ten, basically, they didn't keep their lamps filled. Ten kept their lamps filled. When the Lord came, or when, again, the, the bridegroom came, the ones who didn't have their lamps filled, they were left behind. The ones who had the lamps filled, they were taken. I'll just read to you one little excerpt of that passage. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. You need to keep your lamps filled. Who's the oil? What's the lamp? Your soul. You need to keep your lamp filled. How do you stay filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, you, you demonstrate gifts. No, that's not what the scriptures say. How do you stay filled with this? You speak in tongues. I speak in tongues. Let me tell you, that's, that's, not, that's not it. The Word of God tells us in Ephesians 5.18, be not drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. It leads to, you know, see somebody drunk with wine, right? They're out, of their, they're out of their mind. But be filled with the Spirit. Do not be drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. What happens when somebody is filled with wine? What do we say? They are under the... I bounced. I bounced for five years. You see people drunk with wine? They do stupid things, dumb things, crazy things, right? They think they're 50,000 times stronger than they are. The alcohol totally controls them. What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? To be under His influence. That's as simple as it is. Are you living under the influence of the Spirit? Or are you living under someone else's influence or your own influence or something else's influence? All right, last verse. Comfort each other with this hope. The hope is that the Lord will come and we will meet him in the air 
and we will be with him forever. That is called the rapture. Two verses that I'll give you. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 51, and 53. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. At the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must be put on incorruption and this mortal must be put on immortality. In a a twinkling of an eye, that's a millisecond. There is going to be an entire generation of people on this earth who are going to meet the Lord in the air and will not experience death. That's kind of cool, right? In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 15 through 18, here's a description. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who fall asleep. We will not precede those who have died. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will be rise first. When a person dies in Christ, where does the body go? goes into the ground, becomes the elements, whether you're, you're cremated or, you know, whether you're just buried. Where does the soul go? Soul goes to be with the Lord. You're conscious. You're aware. He, he gives you some type of like, it's some, I don't, I don't, some type of like spiritual temporary body because when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration, Moses, right, and Elijah, they recognized them. So there were, obviously they had some type of a a body to go with, you know, because they hadn't been resurrected yet. This is talking about the saints who died, okay, previously, their souls with the Lord. When the Lord comes back, their bodies will rise, glorified, and be united, okay, to their souls. That's the resurrection. Now, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. That is harpazo. That's where they get the word rapture from. The rapture, the word rapture is a Latin word. This is harpazo. It should really, the great harpazo. Then we who are alive and remain shall be harpazo. We shall be caught up together with him in the clouds and meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. That is the rapture. An entire generation of people in a twinkling of an eye in a split second will not taste death and suddenly be with the Lord with glorified bodies, right? Glorified mind, glorified spirit, and be with the Lord forever. Now, notice verse 18. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Don't you think that's coming? Hey, there's wars. There's deception. There's rumors of wars. You know, I, I read this, this intelligence report that's, that's written by an, a number of ex-military people. I pay for it. And let me tell you, you can read through that, you get pretty depressed. Talking about things going on in the world and things that I, I would never even share here. But there is some really crazy, crazy, creepy stuff going on in the world. And it, it doesn't always paint a, it doesn't paint a great picture for the future. And so you look at that and you say, man, I can get depressed, I can get discouraged. But when you're thinking about what the Lord has said to us, that when he comes back, there's going to be a whole generation of people, we're going to be harpazoed, caught up with him, and have him comfort, right? Comfort each other with these words. Hey, it may look bad. It, it may be progressively getting worse. But you know what? Comfort each other. Be comforted. 
because we're living in probably one of the most exciting times in history. And I believe Jesus is coming back. And I believe he's coming back soon. I don't know if it's going to be tonight. I don't know if it's going to be next week. And I don't know if it's going to be a year or three years from now. But I believe it's going to be some time. It's going to be some time. In, 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 soon, I believe, in, in my lifetime. And you know what? I'm comforted by that. He ain't going to let this world go to the devil. The world is going to God. <laughs> Comfort each other with those words. So we, we, are, we are comforted and we are encouraged because of that. Amen? You hear this message today, you have an opportunity through Jesus Christ to receive his forgiveness, to take him into your heart as your Lord, as your God, as your Savior, to put your faith in him that he died for you on the cross and was raised from the dead. You can do that today. Your mommy can't do it. Your daddy can't do it. The pastor can't do it. The Pope can't do it. It's your decision. And that is a decision that will determine your destiny. Repent from your sins. Say to God, I'm a sinner. I've sinned against you. And put your faith in Jesus Christ as your God, as your Lord, as your Savior. That he took your place on that cross and then was raised from the dead to give you life. That is how you come into a relationship with God and receive his salvation. And that is how you can be one who I believe will be harpozzled with him and not be left here on this earth when all hell breaks loose. Do you understand that? Pretty simple, right? Let's pray together. Lord God, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I know, Lord God, again, first part of the message, tough, tough message, Lord. It could be disturbing. We live in a, a crazy world right now, Lord God. But Lord, you, you have given us, Lord God, a promise. You have given us, Lord God, a word of comfort. That, Lord God, you will come for us. So we live, Lord God, with that comfort in our hearts. We live with that expectation, Lord God. And we look, Lord God, to you. And we don't let our hearts be troubled. So I pray a blessing upon all, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, for your grace and love through Jesus Christ. And all these things we praise you with, Lord God, this morning in Jesus' name. Amen.